are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. the deal welcome back to another episode of locked on pistons this episode is brought to you by locker room download the locker room app from the ios app store and find one of our locked on rooms locker room changing the way we talk sports and make sure you guys follow the locked on pistons twitter account as well i'll be notifying you guys i plan on going on locker room myself and hosting a locked on room sometime next week so make sure you guys pay attention to that but i am your host kuka hill you guys can find me at kuka hill nba you can also find me on youtube at Coos ballroom you can find me at detroit bad boys writing articles and like i said almost every episode i was a credentialed media in the 2019 2020 season for the detroit pistons so we're recording this right after the pistons lost to the los angeles clippers what happened in this game the pistons were up by five with 48 seconds left and somehow lost this game. Didn't score the rest of the rest of the game in that 40-second span. But somehow the Clippers scored seven points. So what the hell happened? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Killian Hayes, what we saw from him tonight. And we're also going to talk about that key matchup I talked about yesterday on yesterday's podcast with Sadiq Bey and Luke Kennard. But first, I want to talk about Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes, we talked about this a little bit on my introductory podcast, I believe. And in these four games that he played before this game, he had been showing me some things that I hadn't seen from him earlier in the season. Like, I saw a little flashes of him earlier in the season, but not as consistent as they were through, like, specifically the two games against Sacramento and OKC. But even before then against the New York Knicks, he was showing me stuff that more consistently, more, like, comfortable, more in control of everything, like, I hadn't seen from him in the beginning of the season. Tonight, however, was another one of those games that he showed me a lot today. He showed me a lot. I really like the game I saw from Killian Hayes, and there are two plays specifically that I want to talk about. Two plays that jumped off my jumped off the screen for me. And just real quick, Killian scored eight points. He had six assists. He had one turnover, three rebounds, one steal. He missed all of his three-point attempts. You'd like to see him hit some shots more, hit more of his shots. He shot four of ten. You'd like to see him hit some threes every now and then. But I really liked what I saw from him tonight. And there's two plays specifically that I want to talk about. The first one comes on defense. So in like the second or third quarter, I have I don't have the clips in front of me yet because, like I said, it's right after the game I'm recording this. But in like the second or third quarter, Luke Kennard's coming down the right wing, and uh, I think I forget who I think it might have been Frank Jackson or someone else guarding him. So then Reggie Jackson comes up from behind him, which is who Killian Hayes was guarding, and they hand it off to Killian, uh, Reggie Jackson. Uh, Killian and Frank Jackson, whoever it was, switch. So now Killian Hayes was on Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard fades to the top of the key like he's just leaving the play. They then bring Zubak up as if he's going to set a pick for Reggie, but he fake sets the pick for Reggie and goes to give an off-ball screen to Luke to get like a come-around catch-and-shoot three off the screen at the top of the key. Killian reads this immediately. He, he reads this instantly. He fronts uh, Luke Kennard, and Luke Kennard gets denied the screen. Luke Kennard tries to go back door. Not there. Killian shuts it off. He tries to then juke back up top to try to go back around the screen. Killian's there too, shuts it completely off. The play ends up dying. They can't get it to Luke, so then Reggie ends up having to shoot like an ISO pull-up baseline shot, and it missed. I'm going to make sure I tweet this clip out. So like I said, I like to cl- clip a lot of uh, plays and put it on my Twitter, but now I'm going to start putting it on Lockdown Pistons Twitter. So make sure you guys follow that if you guys like to see like if you like to see some film breakdown. So I'm going to tweet this out, like I said. But Killing completely shut that play down, 
disrupted the entire play and forced Reggie to have to take an unnecessary shot, and the Pistons got the defensive board and were able to go on offense. That right there was a tremendous play by Killian on defense. He, he had a really good night. Actually, not just a really good night tonight, but he's really been pretty good all year on defense. So, but that was one play that just like really jumped off the screen to me because I like he blew it up and was able to completely shake up the entire Clipper offense. So I really like that play. The next play comes on offense, and I tweeted this play out as it happened. As soon as it happened, I tweeted it out. But I'm also going to put this clip out there when tomorrow I think when I wake up, I'm going to put it out there on Lockdown Pistons Twitter. But this play comes on offense. Killian Hayes and Mason Plumlee are running the pick and roll. Zubak is on Mason Plumlee. I forget whatever guard was on Killian, but it was a guard. So they run this pick and roll. Killian then comes off it to his left. And as they come up, as he comes off it to his left, Zubak switches onto him. Now, he could go to the rim. He could try ISO. He could try to force it to the rim, try to draw a foul or, or something. Maybe try to like get some shot off for himself in an ISO situation. He could try to do either of those things. However... It's like if you watched it live, you knew exactly that Killian knew what he wanted the entire time. And it was one of the this is one of the bigger things I was talking about in the first podcast I did is that Killian just seems like he's so much in control and more comfortable out there. This play right here just highlights how in control he was of this entire game. Like in the fourth quarter, he was playing extremely well. But this play right here just shows how in control and comfortable he was all night. So he gets the switch in Zubak, and instead of forcing anything, as soon as he gets that switch, he knows. He knows instantly that Mason Plumlee now has a guard on him. And what he does is something very smart, and it just it was a really nice play to watch. He starts to retreat towards the left wing. Not all the way to the left wing. He's not trying to go ISO. He just starts to retreat. And you want to know why he did this. He's trying to pull Zubak away from the basket because as soon as Zubak leaves that basket, which he did, as soon as Killian retreated to the left wing, Zubak left and had to come out to Killian. As soon as that happens, Mason Plumlee now is underneath the rim with a guard on his back. As soon as Zubak starts stepping out the paint, Killian immediately rotates around, throws a nice bounce pass to Mason Plumlee, and Mason Plumlee gets a foul. He makes the free throws. Now, that play, once again, it's not one of those plays that's going to be on SportsCenter. It's not going to be one of those plays that pops up in the box score even. It's not going to be one of these highlights. But it's one of those plays that if you watch the game, it just tells you how in control and how comfortable Killian Hayes is now. Like, this, that was an incredible play for me to see. I absolutely loved it. Like I said, if you watched it live as it was going on, you could tell, like, as you watched it, like, oh, God, okay, Killian, Killian knows what he's doing here. And the thing is that, that I love the most about it is that you know that Killian, like, as soon as he ran the pick and roll, he knew what was going on before it even happened. Like, he knew what he wanted, and you want that out of your point guard. It was a, it was a great play. He had a couple other plays, too, when he had a pull, he pulled up off the dribble in a pick and roll. He had one off the glass. He had another one when he just hit all net. The off the glass one, really, I really like. After high school, I spent like a year practicing my pull-up jumpers. And I just started shooting everything off glass. I love shooting off the glass. So when he hit that, that was like pleasing for me to watch from an entertainment value. I don't know. But seeing him taking more shots in general, seeing him trying to be more aggressive getting his own shot, he tried to attempt a few layups. He finished one over Boogie Cousins, which obviously Boogie Cousins isn't the most athletic guy anymore at all. He probably can't even jump over a phone book, phone book anymore. But... <laughs> Either way, he finished it over him. It was a nice little, like, Steph Curry shot from back in NBA 2K16. If you guys played that one, just throw it up at the glass. It was, like, 30 feet in the air. So he hit one of those. But then another one, he had one in the fourth quarter. He missed, hit all backboard. But the point is, he's being more aggressive and looking for his own shot. And he was more successful tonight than he has almost any other night. Outside the Kings game, I believe he shot five or seven. But tonight, he was pretty successful. And, I, like I said, those two plays right there really jumped off the screen for me. One defensive, one offensive. 
The sad thing is, is I wish he didn't get scored on by Reggie at the end of the game for that game winner. Because, and now that I'm talking about his defense, I talk about that defensive play. I know you guys are probably going to tweet at me or put in the comments or in a review or, or something for a mailbag or whatever. You guys are going to DM me and say, oh, well, you're talking about his defense and he backed off Reggie and let him shoot. Yes, he, he did do that. That was a dumb play. I don't know why he retreated so far. I feel like he, like, I, maybe he, like, didn't know that Reggie had that in his bag or something. I don't know. I, I Honestly, I have no clue why he backed up so far. It also seems like, if you watch the play, I think Reggie Jackson's left-hand hezzy really got him because he, like, jumped backwards as well. So I, I think that had a lot to do with it, too. Reggie just gave him a good hezzy, and it got Killian and made him fall, jump back a little bit. But either way, he was way too far off to begin with. But anyways, in all... Throughout the night, I think this was a really good night from Killian. He showed off a lot of stuff. He was more aggressive going to the rim, looking for his own shot. And that last three he shot to that could have potentially won the game, like my heart dropped and was like, stop. It just completely stopped for a whole second because his shot went so high, you couldn't even see the shot on the broadcast. Like you had no clue whether he was close or whether he was just way off until it hit the rim. You had no clue. So that entire second that was in the air, it felt like <laughs> – it felt like a whole five minutes it was in there because I was just sitting there like, oh my God, is he hitting this? Did he hit it? Did he hit it? Did he hit it? Like, it felt like it was taking forever. But in all, a really good night from Keelan. I liked what I saw. Coming up, we're going to talk about Sadiq Bey and his matchup against Luke Kennard. That was the key matchup I mentioned yesterday. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But before we do that, let's talk about one of our sponsors, Rock Auto. Do you ever need a part for your car? Head to the store, go through a ton of confusing questioning just for one of the workers to tell you that they don't have the part that they're looking for? Yeah, I have. And I hope I don't have to go through this soon because I'm actually getting a new car soon. So I hope I don't have to go through this for a while now. But that's why you should avoid those problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand on your phone using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or making a membership. You don't have to do any of that. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that they sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Like I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, my key matchup for tonight's game was going to be the matchup between Sadiq Bey and Luke Kennard. And I talked about how Sadiq Bey won the first round a couple days ago when they played L.A. in their stadium. Now they're coming to Detroit. Let's see how round two goes. And Sadiq Bey won round two as well. He won this matchup against Luke Kennard. Tonight, Sadiq Bey shot 6 of 11 from the field, 4 of 7 from deep. He had 17 points and 5 rebounds, 1 steal, and 1 block. I believe he had 11 of those points, though, in the first quarter. In the first 11 minutes, I believe he had 11 points, but I, I'm not sure. I think I might have read a tweet that said that. I just, I just don't remember. But either way, Sadiq Bey won this matchup against Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard shot 5 of 17 tonight. He shot a lot more than last game. I believe last game he only shot six six shots. But tonight he shot 17 times, and good for him. But he only made five of them. He ended up scoring 17 points, though, because he shot seven free throws. He made six to seven out of those. And he had 10 rebounds. Luke and I had 10 rebounds. What? That's crazy. I did not know that. It did not pop off. It did not seem like he had 10 rebounds. I don't remember that at all. But Sadiq Bey won this matchup. There was one play in particular on, like, the right baseline. Uh, Sadiq Bey got the post up, Luke Kennard, and just like worked him and took him to the basket and hit him with, I believe he hit him with the up and under and laid it up off the glass. And then there was another one when he drove on Luke Kennard as well and scored. So I know there's a lot of Piston fans that you guys probably were like, oh yeah, look at that. Sadiq Bey just scored on Luke Kennard and it, like it happened twice. So I'm sure you guys absolutely love that. But round two of this matchup goes to Sadiq Bey. 
I wish they could have got the win with this because Sadiq Bey and Jeremy Grant played really well outside like the two turnovers they had at the very end of the game. I know Jeremy. I know you guys know about Jeremy when he got double and he lost it. And then Reggie came down and hit the three. And then Sadiq, the very next play, turns it over off the inbounds. So, you know, those are two unfortunate plays. But Sadiq Bey had a really good day today. One of the things about Sadiq, and I wrote about this for Detroit Bad Boys like a month ago or two months ago, around somewhere in between that time. He's getting better at finishing around the rim and like having an in-between game. And that's something he needed to work on because coming into the league, one of the negatives about him was the fact that he wasn't that athletic. He wasn't able to beat people off the dribble. He wasn't able to do anything like that because he just simply wasn't very athletic. And you've seen him at the beginning of the year really struggle. It was like a funny little thing Duncan Smith did. He was like, oh, who's going to have a higher percentage in a month? Uh, Sadiq Bey from two-point range or Kelly Oubre from three-point range. I'm sure you guys remember how badly Sadiq Bey was from inside the arc to start the season. I know you guys remember it was talked about everywhere how bad Kelly Oubre was shooting from deep to like the start of the season. But he actually has gotten better throughout the season. I wrote about this. He had a lot more dunks after like the first month of the season. He started dunking the ball a lot more. He's been getting better at knowing how to use his body and create contact and create angles for him to score around the rim. One of the plays that happened today that I really liked, I tweeted about this one as well. I don't remember if it was Luke Kennard actually that he got yeah, I think it was. I'm going to tweet this clip out as well tomorrow or today, whenever you guys listen to this podcast. I believe it's going to be today. But he had he ran a pick and roll with Mason Plumlee again. Mason Plumlee seems to be in a lot of these clips I'm doing. But Sadiq Bey runs this pick and roll with Mason Plumlee. And Luke Kennard, I believe it was his defender. He comes off the screen trailing, coming off the screen, and Sadiq Bey puts him in jail. Now, if you guys don't play basketball or you guys don't know what putting in jail means – Whenever you get a defender behind you or they're trailing or they're like on your hip, if you can get the ball in front of them and then get them stuck on your back, it's called putting them in jail. It's something I like to do a lot when I play basketball. If you can get someone in jail, you pretty much have the defenders at your mercy. They can't do anything about it because if you shoot the ball and they try to block it, they're likely to hit you in the back of the head or in the back of the body or hit you on the arm and they're going to follow you. So they can't, they can't really contest the shot. They can't get in front of you because you have them in jail. They have them on like on your back, so they can't get in front of you. So now it's effectively a two-on-one with the guy with the guy rolling, which was Mason Plumlee and Sadiq Bey. So seeing players work the pick and roll, those, there's two things I love seeing players do in the pick and roll that like is really pleasing for me to watch. Like it's some for entertainment value, I really like seeing it. One is when they snake the pick and roll, which Jeremy Grant does a lot. I really like seeing Jeremy do that. He gets him. He likes to snake. He likes to take the pick and roll to his right snake back to his left and finish with his left. I really like it. It's fun to watch. And then putting people in jail, which Sadiq Bey did on this play. I don't think I've seen Sadiq Bey do this all season. He probably hasn't had that many opportunities to do it anyways. That's probably why, maybe. Maybe he did it beforehand. But I've never seen him do it before. He put Luke Kennard in jail, and as soon as Luke Kennard felt like he felt Luke Kennard on his back, he just went up for a simple floater. Because, like I said, once you get a defender put in jail – you can't do anything about it. They can't block it. They can't contest it. And if they do try, you're going to get fouled. You have an and one opportunity. And Sadiq Bey finished this. So it was a really good play for me to watch as well for Sadiq Bey. It was fun to watch. But Sadiq Bey won this matchup. It was, wasn't was really a contest, to be honest. I, Luke Kennard, I didn't know. I saw that he had like 10 points earlier in the game. And it like really caught me off. No, he had nine points. Him and Reggie were like doing all the scoring. But like I didn't, it didn't feel like it because... Luke wasn't really, like, making any shots. All of his points were coming from free throw line. He was struggling a lot. He had a few plays that were nice to see. He had one pull-up off the off the dribble coming down from the left wing. That was pretty nice to see. He had one really good finish, actually. One play that, that was really nice to see. Well, he had this left-hand finish after uh, splitting, a, splitting a pick and roll 
left-hand finish on Mason Plumley, I believe it was. He jumped into his body and used the leverage there to bounce a high off the glass. That was a fun play to watch. But all in all, shot 5 of 17 from the field, 1 of 6 from deep. It was it, it was a struggle for Luke throughout the game. And I think that Luke Kennard was guarding Sadiq Bay for a lot of the time as well. So, you know, it was a struggle for Luke. And like I've mentioned on the other episodes I'm going to mention today, at some point I'm going to talk about in this podcast, I'm probably going to have a guest on to talk about it with me, but we're going to talk about the Luke Kennard and Sadiq Bay trade because it, it's getting about time to have to talk about it. Because a lot of people, like I've mentioned, were saying bad things about that trade when it happened. People were not happy that Luke was gone. People were not happy that they traded for him to then draft someone, hopefully to be Luke Kennard. I don't think anyone expected this from Sadiq Bay. So at some point we're going to have to talk about this. We're going to have to talk about that whole thing. Hopefully soon, honestly. But coming up, we're going to finish off our review of the Pistons' loss yesterday against the Los Angeles Clippers. 100-98, Reggie Jackson hits the game-winning shot against this team for the first time, coming back to LCA since leaving last year. But before we get into that, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem that I ran into constantly. There's just so many apps to bet through. Which one do I know is the best for me? Which betting app is the best to use? That's when I found Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NFL season might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, Bet Online has you covered there too. I had no idea that you could even bet on these kind of things. Like there was an app that could even do this. But Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and pops on just about anything you can imagine. Like I said, I had no clue that you could even bet on TV shows, reality TV, all that thing. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. Like I said, head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. Ben Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're going to wrap the podcast up with a couple quick hitters, a couple quick things from tonight's game, or last night's game. I keep screwing that up. It's yesterday because I published the podcast a day in advance. Okay, so yesterday's game, we're going to talk about a couple quick hitters. So one of the things I saw some people tweeting at me about was Jeremy Grant, and I saw a couple of people say this is another indictment on Jeremy Grant not being a very good closer or whatever. Well, I'll say this. There's been a few plays that Jeremy Grant actually has performed in the clutch, I tweeted them out. I did a whole article talking about earlier in the season how he was playing in the clutch. And he was a few plays, one specifically against the Raptors on Siakam that was really impressive as well. He also, I believe he had a go-ahead game winner, didn't he, a few, like, last month or so? It was like a pull-up on the right side of the of the court. I forget which team it was against, but I'm pretty sure he had one of those. He has also struggled in the clutch. Either way, this is his first season as, like, the go-to option on a team. And the fact that he's this good already in his first season is already good enough. That That already is good enough. So, once again, this is his first, time, first season having this, like, role. So, the fact that he's struggling with it at times, it's not shocking at all. It shouldn't be an indictment on Jeremy. Something he can improve on. But also, this is another thing people have to pay, pay attention to and think about. Jeremy doesn't have to be the number one guy for this team in the future for them to be successful. Like, if it turns out that, oh, Jeremy just isn't the closer for the team... That doesn't mean Jeremy isn't good or Jeremy isn't great or Jeremy can't be a part of the team long-term. Oh, we're paying him too much money. He can't close for us. No, it's like the Pistons have him at a bargain if he continues to play like that. This is a pretty good deal. I won't say a bargain, but it's a good deal for Jeremy. So if he continues to struggle in the clutch and he can't, like he's just not one of those, he's not a go-to option late. I mean, I don't think that's the case. I think he's had a mixed bag. I don't think it's all been bad. I think people are overreacting a little bit. He has struggled at times, but I think it's a mixed bag. Mixed bag. 
I should say. But if, if that's the case, then it is what it is. They'll find somebody else who can potentially close games. And I don't think Jeremy's going to be the best player on this team anyways when they want to start competing. At least hes I don't think he's going to be able to be if they actually are trying to compete. I don't think he'll be the best player on your team. So I, I don't think that's that big of an issue. I think fans are overreacting a little bit with that. Another thing I want to talk about is Frank Jackson, man. On that last podcast, I believe it was last podcast or two podcasts ago. I forget which one it was. But either way, I spent like a whole segment talking about Frank Jackson being the surprise piston and how, oh, he, over the last month he's been playing really well and no one saw this coming. Did you guys see that coming? All this stuff about Frank Jackson. I basically sent, spent like a whole five minutes worshiping Frank Jackson's emergence as like a really good role player for the Pistons. Then today, of course, as it usually always happens for me, like legit, if you guys go look at my YouTube, every single time I make a video about one of these players, dude, something bad happens. It just is what it is. I guess I'm a curse or something. Because earlier in the season, I made a video about how well Josh Jackson was playing. He was averaging like 18 a game at that point. Literally, the day I pub- published that video, that's when he got hurt and missed like the next five games or whatever. So, so that happened. Then he returns. He struggles. He starts to play well for like the next two weeks. I'm like, oh, I make let's make a video about Josh Jackson having a resurgence. I make that video, then he goes out there, gets hurt again. It's like I can't, I can't win, dude. I can't win. I made that video about Seku, then Seku all of a sudden starts playing and he starts starts playing worse. It's like I don't know what goes on, man. I I don't know how this works. But of course, I spent that time talking about Frank Jackson, and then today he comes out, shoots 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 4 from deep. He airballed one of his first shots from the corner on the three. The air ball completely, completely missed the rim. Didn't hit nothing. I'm just sitting there like, man, I, I, I'm a curse. Like, I have to be a curse at this point. Because there's no way that this dude was playing this well. And, of course, as soon as I bring him up, as soon as I talk about him for content, he plays like this. So now if anyone goes back and listens to that podcast before hearing this one, if they're like, oh, let's go check out this podcast. Let's follow along with Q's journey as Locked On Pistons host. Let's follow along with the journey. And then they go listen to that podcast. Like, oh, they were talking about Frank Jackson. Let's go see what he did. Then they're going to go see that he went 0 for 5 immediately after. They're going to be like, what the hell is Koo talking about? Like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what goes on out here. I don't know why players have to do this to me. I, I, don't know, I don't know why they have to do it to me over and over. It's like they're stabbing me in the back every time. Like, I can't compliment nobody. Because as soon as I compliment them, bad things start to happen. I'm just like a, just like a black cat running around that franchise. Is that, isn't that what Stephen A. says? That's, that's basically what I am, apparently. And it is what it is. I'm going to have to stop, Lowe's. I'm, I might have to just stop talking positive about anybody and just see if the reverse jinx works. Another thing from the tonight's game, or yesterday's game. God, come on. <laughs> Yesterday's game, Corey Joseph getting absolutely worked by Reggie Jackson. Worked. Like, like taken to the back and just and just worked. This man, Corey Joseph, got destroyed. He was getting out there, just barbecue chicken. He was one for seven from the field. It wasn't like he was making it up on the other side of the, other side of the court. But Reggie Jackson completely and utterly destroyed that matchup with Corey Joseph. It was depressing to watch. The fact he played 23 minutes is shocking to me. I, 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 I don't know how he lasted that long. I guarantee I, I need to know how many points Reggie Jackson scored on Corey Joseph because it was getting it was getting bad out there, dude. It was it was getting bad. Reggie Jackson was looking like, and maybe Reggie Jackson's like been just playing really well as of late, anyways. So maybe that's the case. But he was looking like older Reggie Jackson, like the Jackson when he first got to Detroit over here. He was like dominating this man. So Corey Joseph sucks, man. You you took you took an L tonight. Not only did the team take an L, you personally took an L. Like the team itself took an L. Like everyone in the locker room was handed an L, but then they came back around to you and gave you like another bigger L and said, "Hey, this is this is for your matchup with Reggie Jackson." So, yeah, you're the only one who got two L's. I'm sorry, man. You you got two of them. That, the team got one, you got two. I'm sorry. 
Another thing we can talk about real quick, Isaiah Stewart's at 6-7 from the field. Guess who was at the game tonight? Ben Wallace was at the game tonight. And, of course, Pistons Twitter was talking about, oh, my God, Ben Wallace is here. Is he going to go talk to Isaiah Stewart? Oh, my God, he's going to look at him watching his younger self. Like I said in the last podcast, please stop. They don't play the same. They are not the same player. He is nothing like Ben Wallace. Stop. I'm sure Ben had fun watching him. I'm sure Isaiah Stewart had fun having him at the game. I'm sure he saw him at the game. It was like, oh, let's put on for, for Ben. He played really well. But please, if I get sent, someone, one of you guys listening to this, I know you guys know who you are. One of you guys, I forget which one, sent me a picture. It was like this, it, it was a weird picture, but it basically it was like Isaiah Stewart and Ben Wallace touching hands. Stop. Stop doing it. Stop, stop sending that stuff to me. They are nothing alike. They are nothing alike. They don't play the same. And and I got into I got into an argument with one one of these followers that followed me for a while. I respect him, but I got into an argument with him on Twitter, and he was telling me about how oh well they're both undersized centers. They hustle and they get rebounds. If we're comparing every center who hustles and rebounds to Ben Wallace, then we're gonna have like thirty Ben Wallaces in the league. There's gonna be like forty of them, and that and that's just and honestly that's a little disrespectful in my opinion to Ben Wallace because he didn't just hustle and get rebounds. Like that's not who he was. I'm not going to get into that whole thing again because I spent like a whole segment in the last episode talking about why they're nothing alike. But please, you guys say something to me again. Just stop. Stop. Just stop sending it to me, please. Just stop. Anyways, Isaiah Stewart played really well actually tonight anyways. He had 12 points and 8 rebounds for Ben Wallace while he was there. I'm sure Ben liked seeing it. A steal and a block. He had 5 fouls though. He probably would have played a little bit more if he didn't get into foul trouble, I think. Mason Plumlee also was in foul trouble earlier on, so I guess... It kind of evened out. He actually played more minutes than Mason Plumlee. I didn't know that. 22 minutes to Mason's 21. So there's that. Isaiah Stewart played a good game. Like we mentioned earlier, Killian Hayes played a good game, I think. Jeremy Grant had a really good return game with 28 points on 10 of 21 shooting. Sadiq Bey won his matchup with Luke. Actually, you know what? There you go. Corey Joseph is not the only one who was given an L. Even in the locker room, when you walked around in the Clippers locker room, everyone was given a W, but then they came back around and gave Luke Kennard an L. I'm sorry, Luke. I like you, man. We're, we're fans of you still in Detroit, man. We, we always will like you. But, man, you, you get an L. Let me hand you this L. You got that W, but you also got an L. You lost that matchup with Sadiq Bey. Bad. I'm sorry. You get an L. I know your team won. You got one. It's what it is. I think that's about it. There's nothing else to really talk about with yesterday's game. It was a tough loss. I don't know how they fell apart like that at the end. Like, obviously, I'm sure a lot of you guys are happy that they lost, so continues the tank job. I'm sure you guys are happy about that. But really, this is a self-destruction. I don't know if you should be happy about this type of loss. Like, if they lose, like, any other way, fine. But I, I think you want to see them, like, close this out. Like, not up, like, five with, like, three minutes left. Close, you want to see it close it out. They're up by five with 48 seconds left. Like, you want to see your team execute down the stretch and not just, like, self-destruct like they did. I don't know if I'm, like, happy with that kind of loss. Obviously, it helps them tank in the long term. We're not going to care about this game and after the season when no one's going to be thinking about it. But I, I just don't I don't know if this is like one of those losses that I'm walking away happy about as as happy as 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 other people are. I'm fine with it. Fine with the tank tank uh, fade for Cade. That's how I feel. But I don't know. I, I think you probably want your team to close that one out. Five point up five points with 48 seconds left. That's that, it. It takes it takes some stuff to lose that kind of game. It, it it takes some spectacular stuff, spectacular tanking to lose something like that. But. I think that's about it we have for the Clippers Piston games. They lose 100 to 98 after Reggie Jackson hits a game winner on his team for his first time back in LCA. The Pistons are back in action on Friday at 7 p.m. against the OKC Thunder. Are the Pistons just playing like all the teams they played on that wrestling road trip? I know they played the Clippers last game, so now they play the Clippers today or yesterday. 
and now they play the Thunder, which they also played on that. Are they also playing the Nuggets? No, they're not. Okay, so that was just a coincidence. Never mind. I thought I was big-braining something for a second there. I'm stupid. But anyways, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. The Pistons lose 100-98 to to the Clippers. Stay tuned for the next episode coming up on Friday. I'll see you guys then. Have a good day. Peace out, everybody.